the behind the lines here. Week 11 NFL. Uh, just got some breaking news. We'll talk about that in a second as far as the Buffalo game. Joined here, as always, uh, Ryan Reed. Follow him on the old Twitter at the Dude Man Pop, at Dude Man Pop. Ryan, uh, we have, you know, you can blame me. It was my first week on the show. You had a rough week last week, but we're going to bounce back, right? Hey, man, no worries. You know, 5-8-1, we've really been having a good year. It was a tough week. We caught a couple of bad hops. Some things didn't go our way. We had some tricky news break. We had some backup quarterbacks. We weren't sure who was in, who was out, what exactly was going to happen. It's one of those weeks. 5-8-1 is not terrible. We're still 89-58-5 overall. We'll take it 60% win percentage. Let's just keep going. What do we got for this week, Dean? Yeah, so we're going to run down every single game, give you a, a take as far as the side or, or a total for every single NFL game going down. And at the end of the show, uh, we're going to run it back. And, uh, Ryan, you have a couple props for the people as well that are jumping off the page. You're, you're seeing some positive EV. Very first game going down Thursday night. Thursday night, uh, home game for the Packers. The Packers are minus 3.5 versus the Titans. 40.5 is the total. Where are you at? Has a Thursday night – what's the – I wonder what the record is for these Thursday night games actually hitting the over. I feel like they're all subpar. Everybody's tired. It's uh, home running backs, but we have the Packers at home that don't seem to have like a, a stud running back. Maybe it'll be like an appearance from A.J. Dillon tonight. Either way, the Titans have a decent defense. They love to run the ball. They're going to slow this game down. I'm not actually going to jump on the over under for this game. I see that some love coming in for the Packers after that win over the Cowboys has driven this line from minus one and a half to minus three and a half. I'm going to take the road dog with a three and a half and get on the other side of that uh, key number. And that's going to be my play here. I, I really do think we're going to see a lower scoring Thursday night game. And that, that always leads me to a road dog across a key number. So plus three and a half Titans. What do you think? Uh, I, as a general rule, I do not like uh road teams on a Thursday night, you know, just, I don't feel good about it. They're their weakest thrown off with NFL teams, NFL players routine, right? This throws off the routine. It's going to be cold there too. Uh, for what it's worth, it's, it's green Bay. It's Lambeau. No surprise. Uh, Kevin Roth's got a temperatures in the mid twenties, 20 mile power winds. Um, but like, that's, I don't think it's anything too goofy. He's got a yellow officially, if you know his color system. Um, but I do. Yeah. I, I think the the under. Say it, Dean. Yes, you're going to go under. Okay, that's my second listed bet for the game. I gave my first one. I'm glad you picked up the number two. So let's play them both. Yeah, um, Derek Hardy. Shout out Derek Hardy. The the blitz game level factors. He has this uh, the entire slate. All the games that are happening this weekend projected for the fewest amount of plays. 122.9 because both these teams play slow. And again, if you watch Aaron Rodgers when he. He's operating at the line. He can, you know, be in formation, ready to go, ready to hike it at like 11 seconds, 12 seconds. He'll he'll milk that clock all the way down the one every single time. Um, so if you have overs, it's just torture watching Rodgers uh, after, you know, runs, especially obviously when the clock is moving. So, uh, yeah, it's not a huge total, but I, I like the under. And it's Thursday night, right? So I'm in on the under as well. Uh, anything else in this game or shall we move on? We're moving on, right? Yes, we are. Panthers, Ravens, Ravens, big dog this week. I believe they're the biggest dog on the board, 13-point favorite, huge number. Uh, total in this game is 41-and-a-half. Panthers, what does that mean? They're like uh, – their team total is, doing, uh, is about 14. Good luck on that, Carolina. How do you feel about the big, the big favorite here, Baltimore at home, minus 13? 
The number's too big, I think. I don't know. I love taking these road dogs at this kind of double-digit spread. If we're going to get 13 or 14, I just kind of risk it and figure it out later. It hasn't bit me yet. So, I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, is is it? do we know officially if it's Walker or if it's Baker? I don't know how much it matters. I think it's going to be Baker. Yeah, which I think is worse. <laughs> Same. I think, it's, I think it's worse. Um, You know, I... It, it, traditionally, I just don't like the lay thirteen, but I I think I would take Baltimore. I don't love it either way, but I, I would I would be on the Baltimore side. Do you feel good about this one, or you're just picking it for the sake? This is the rules; you got to pick somebody. Well, okay, yeah. If I was really going down through the games, this might be one of the ones that maybe I would avoid. Um, but man, yes, because as much as I love the double digit spreads, it's just Carolina doesn't make you feel good about that. Um, I, I am going to take the plus 13 just on principle. I mean, we're getting a nice key number. We're, we're getting way too many points. There's a lot that can happen in NFL. Uh, this is a number you can easily work your way out of if you're paying attention on Sunday. So when you're this early in the week, if you think you're going to get any sort of movement, you can always come back on the other side and just pray for your middle. So for the sake of the show, yes, we're going to take the 13. If I was just going to sit down and pick my favorites on Sunday, this game would be a skip. This was the breaking news that hit just before we started recording. Uh, Buffalo expecting what three to six uh, feet of snow. Um, that no fun. I mean, it'd be fun to watch for sure. I love watching those snow games. I wanted to see Lashawn McCoy come back and run in this game, um, but they're moving the game to Detroit allegedly. That's what we saw right there on Twitter. And the yep. game open is busting. Uh, uh, Buffalo is a six point favorite, forty six and a half as far as the total. Uh, right now, I have Buffalo minus eight and a half, forty two and a half as far as the over under, but. I assume that has moved or it's about to move. It's about to go over. Now they're going to be in a dome in Detroit. And, of course, you know, Vegas was baking in the conditions here. Uh, question, if I bet the over uh, an hour or two ago, does the book, you know, hold up to that? Or is that the, is there like in the fine print saying, well, if this game moves someplace else, we have the right to kill your bet? Absolutely. Everybody on planet Earth should bet this over right now. Uh, this was 42 moving to the 41 and a half about 45 minutes ago, which was something like 30 minutes before that news came out. You already see we don't have a lot of bets coming in on the over, but the numbers already jumped up a half a point. This thing's going to jump up multiple points over the next 48 hours. I would get in on this immediately. So my official play was over 42. I see they're all 42 and a half. I'm still fine with that. Keep, yeah. keep nailing it. Just keep hammering it. Moving to Detroit and playing in the Dome. Buffalo scores 30 points a game. The Browns give up mid-20s a game and also score mid-20s a game, even though Buffalo mitigates teams to about 20. This thing is definitely going over 42 and a half. Unload. It's it's not just they're, they're going from a, a, a bad environment to like just a neutral environment. Now it's a positive environment uh, in the Dome there in Detroit. No elements at all. Yep. Um, that's That number seems way too low. And I'm Frankly, I'm, I mean, again, we're recording this. Maybe people see it in a half hour and 35 minutes or so. I'm shocked that that mine's not moving more. I'm shocked that it's not getting taken off the board. Um, I can't believe you can still bet it over 42 and a half. That seems outrageous. It will not last long. This will be corrected. That news just came out. Maybe what was that? 20 minutes ago? 10. 10. Okay. So this, this number is going to move in the next hour. Okay. Uh, I just hit refresh and now I see 49 and a half is the total. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> there you go. Like, that's what I was waiting for. Like, what is this? Yep. There you go. 49 and a half. You want to middle it? 
You got you have the over you have over 42. Dare you and this is the great middle if you like the middle. You got a lot of wiggle room. Yeah. Um I'm not gonna middle that right now because I think the 42 is just a guaranteed winner. So until it gets into the 50s, I wouldn't even think about coming back. Yeah. Um that's that's wild. Man, there was so much value on this. Uh for it was there for a while and I, I wasn't sure if they were going to move it. And I think the reason why they're moving is because uh, it's tricky for people to get to the game more than like the actual elements of the game. Mm-hmm. I think it was bad for um, spectators. My uh, assumption here was is if, if you're looking at three to six feet of snow, they had a uh, liability of maybe getting everybody trapped in the parking lot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because it, it costs a lot of money to move this game and, I don't. I wonder how many tickets they're going to sell in Detroit. I guess if you're hanging out in Detroit, like why not go see the Bills? See a this real game one. is is pulled from everywhere that I can find right now. I'm I'm trying to find this bet. Okay, so I refreshed it again, and now it says 42 and a half. I guess it depends on the book, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. But that's obviously something to monitor. If you if you got it over 42 and a half, if you still can, by all means, pounce. Absolutely. Uh, Favorite uh, bet of the week, right there. Yeah, that, that that's that's a gift. Uh, Eagles. Uh, on the road at the Colts, they are man. Th- did that really move that many points? They were opening as a ten point favorite. Now they're down to six and a half point favorite. I know Philadelphia had a rough Monday night. Indianapolis got a nice win for Jeff Saturday, um, but that seems like a big move. If that's three and a half points as far as the move, and forty four and a half as far as the total, where where are you at here? Philly about a six and a half, forty four and a half. You got a side here. Uh, this line's moving fast. I'm going to take the Colts plus seven. Uh, we talked about this last week that I was a little bit concerned with the Eagles and the schedule and the performance so far. They maybe were being overvalued and they always seem to be that team that can't put away teams that they should beat that are in division. And that's exactly what happened. Um, I think it's time for a little bit of a, a Philadelphia swoon. So before we get across that seven, I just wanted to take the plus seven. And I see that we have a lot of six and a halfs now. So that looks like a great call. Yeah, uh, I'm guessing you didn't get it at 10 when it opened. That seemed like a pretty generous. Yeah, that was a gift also. Yeah, and I wonder if that – is that based upon – was that line out before Philly lost on Monday night? Or not really, probably not, right? Uh, some books do put them out, and I bet you – so that's the other thing. Sometimes that open number is not super accurate because it's one book okay. leaping out on the ledge. You know, we didn't have – five books coming out with an even number we had one person come out and maybe their number was wrong okay so that makes sense because 10 just seemed a little bit a little bit too much um all right let's let's talk about washington washington at houston uh we have a three-point dog here at home the texans getting three the one and seven one seven and one texans i should be precise uh getting three points against the commanders 40 and a half is the total um not a great football game in theory but like hey you if you can make the same amount of money in all of them so we got to talk about it right that is absolutely correct the total is probably a little too low for me and i think this is the complete flip side of the last game we saw the eagles were overvalued with the open of minus 10 and now we see that the commanders are overvalued with a minus three i don't like the commanders on the road minus three or i'm gonna definitely gonna take this three and a half right here bet rivers plus three and a half minus 120 maybe even i I don't trust that this number gets too much deeper but i'm definitely gonna take a home dog with a field goal bonus yeah i'm seeing minus three um minus 118 but if you can get the hook for just two more points minus 120 you got to take that right Absolutely. And I mean, Houston's been covering 
road spreads against good teams. So yes, their spread's been a little bit longer, maybe 10, 8, 6. But I mean, this is a bad team going on the road in their house. So I'm just going to take them at, at the plus three and, and work it out later if necessary. But that's where I feel like I want to approach from now. Division rivals, Jets at Pats. Uh, really a putrid total. 38 and a half is the total we're looking at. Pats, the home favorite. You're, you got to get yelling the hook. Three and a half on the Patriots. Um, well, I guess depending on where you're shopping, I suppose you can get three. I'm looking at three and a half minus 105. Plus three and a half for the Jets, uh, minus 115. Uh, you feeling good about anything here? This is another kind of ugly game. It is kind of an ugly game, but let's talk about what we see right now. What's going on with this uh, line movement versus all the money here on New England? So if New England's been taking all the money, they've moved from minus five and a half to minus three and a half. There's really no reason for extra money to come in in between two key numbers. So this money was obviously there on the table from the beginning. But somebody knows something and has shaved two points off the New York Jets spread. So I'm taking the New York Jets plus three and a half before we start crossing the three. What could they do? You think they know that Mac Jones stinks? Oh, I think everybody knows that Mac Jones stinks. <laughs> <laughs> the secret's out. <laughs> the secret is out. And I don't want to mess with the total just for that reason. I mean, you know, maybe the Patriots don't even put up many points. Um, but I do see the a fishy line here that's moving in the wrong direction from all the money, and I'm going to go ahead and hop on that wave. I thought we might have some kind of weather here, but nothing to be alarmed with as of right now for what it's worth. But, yeah, I you know, generally keep an eye on New England this time of year as far as weather. But um, And, yeah, this stuff changes. Weather is fluid, obviously. But as of a, a Thursday, nothing to be terribly alarmed about as far as weather. Let's uh, power on through. We got the Lions. The Lions at home. I'm sorry. No, they're on the road. Uh, versus the Giants, the seven and two Giants. Shout out to the Giants, um, and kind of a lack of respect. <laughs> like they're they're seven and two. The Lions are three and six, and you know the standard three. They're the home favorite, minus three, forty four and a half. That's Vegas kind of saying they're basically the same. Is that is it wrong to say that that's the interpretation? Is there a different interpretation of that? Uh, no, I mean you're gifted three points as a home team. So when it comes out with a spread like this, they are saying that you're equal teams. Is I disagree. I, I, yeah, I don't think so. I disagree. I think the Giants are better. I think their defense is better. I think their offense is probably maybe slightly le- subpar to the, the Giants, but possibly even. Uh, Wondell Robinson's dinged right, right now for what it's worth. And that typically wouldn't be too noteworthy, but the Giants' receiving core is just really bad. Uh, we saw Ken, Kenny Galladay get benched last week. Um, Richie James may have to rise up and play. Like it's Slayton. That their tight end crew is like a who's who of who. Um, but they have Saquon Barkley, and that's that's what they're off their offense goes straight through him. And yeah, uh, and, and the Lions those other weapons are like average, you know, they 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 show up in spots that are needed and they don't need to necessarily produce the whole game, and it's just sort of working out for the Giants. Doesn't that seem to be how this season's going? Yeah, I mean, things are certainly cracking their way. And if you've ran 100 simulations, you know, on this season, I don't know how many where the Giants are 7-2 and two, uh, come week 11. You know, they've certainly been on the positive end uh, of variance. Um, how, how did you feel about the end of this uh, Chicago-Detroit game? Because that was one of the losses we had last week that we should have won. The end of the Chicago-Detroit game. Um, Just a collapse, really. Detroit scored a bunch of touchdowns in the, fir- in yes. the fourth quarter there to turn that game on its head. I was I liked the Chicago side in that game. I, I was surprised. Yeah, I, yeah, they feel good about it in the fourth quarter, and Detroit scored 
I think at least two touchdowns in the fourth. I remember that. I remember it was, yeah. And then we had a chance with fields, but uh, just didn't happen. I think he got sacked or a fourth down. There was a turnover and they didn't even like threaten. Uh, he's, he's not uh, an efficient late drive quarterback at this point for sure. Yeah. I mean, I love the advancements he's taking. I love, you know, if I can buy stock in, in Justin Fields, I certainly would. Um, it's weird that they're not, um, you know, they, they traded for Chase Claypool and he's barely getting any reps. He's barely on the field. You know, is that there like 25% of the time or something like that? Not running a lot of routes. I don't understand what's going on there. Um, like, why would you trade for the guy? And it's not like you're, you're, you're a, you have a, a dearth of wide receiver talent, you know, Dante Pettis and, and Byron Pringle, uh, same. I mean, they got Mooney who's you know fine. I don't know if he's like an elite one. It's just odd that like, why would you trade for this guy? And maybe they just think he's bad. Nah, there's two options. One, he's hurt in some way. And we're just not announcing it because he hasn't really played, so we didn't have to put it on the report. Um, and two, is he just slow at learning the playbook? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, it's possible. I mean, he's a, a talented dude. And, again, it's not a lot of guys you have to raise. Your, the, your contemporaries, the, the alternatives aren't great either. So it's just odd. Uh, of course, Chicago just wants to run the ball. Well, all that being said, Dean, yeah, I'm going to take the home team. And, you know, if I see – Minus threes here at minus 105, then that means I can jump on a minus two and a half at minus 115, minus 120, and I'm going to do that. Because I want to win. I don't want to push. It's It seems – I mean, is the public heavily on the Giants here? I, I mean, you have the number – I bet the, the public is on the Giants because that's they're just like begging you to bet the Giants here. So it looks like the money is on Detroit and the line movement. It oh. makes sense with that. They opened – the Giants opened at minus four and a half. We've seen some Detroit money come in. And I'm telling you, as soon as this line goes under three, that money's going to switch and it's going to come the other way. So I'm just going to go ahead and buy that extra right now. It, it may not get that far. It, it may start switching. To move, right. To, to go from three to three and a half or three to two and a half. It takes a lot for the for the books to budge. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm just uh, maybe I, I don't I'm not the biggest Giants fan. I just think that they're the home team and the Lions outdoors this year have been a disaster outside of the game in Chicago. For me, it's it's more about dancing around the three. Rams it, at the Saints. If Vegas thinks the teams are even, and we're just going to dance around that key number for the home guy. Yeah, right. I get it. Next. That makes sense. Uh, Rams at the Saints. Uh, three point line here again. Just a, they're basically saying the Saints and the Rams are equally inept and equally bad. Uh, the Rams are three point favorites here. Thirty eight and a half. What a sad total. Jesus. What happened to the Rams? Of course, they lost Cooper Cup. That offense is a, is a stone disaster. Uh, their line is dreadful. They they cannot run the ball. And the Saints are choosing to play Andy Dalton <laughs> by choice uh, over Winston, which is kind of weird to me. But okay. Is it? Is it? I mean, Winston sucks too. Yeah, but he. I guess he's like he's, – Dalton is the quarterback manager, you know. Like yes. He, whatever. The guy, he's not going to win the game for you. He's theoretically not going to lose it. It's Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Ben DiNucci. And if you want to go Dallas deep cuts. Oh, man. Um, okay. Uh, Can we call Derek Cardi real quick? Because, you know, I know the, the, the bat and the blitz are very accurate. And I know he also has an obsession and love for dome totals. Yes. And this under getting hammered like this is a bet that I am certainly not going to make because I just have a feeling that that's this game on turf just breeds more points than normal. And if the Rams have 
been completely inept and only scoring 13 and 16. If there's a week that they're going to put a 20 up, this will be it. Yeah. I mean, just don't think too hard and try to figure out how they're going to do it. Just like, you know, bank on the traditions of games and domes, right? Yep. Because, I mean, Stafford's expected back. He had the concussion, but they have one of, you know, I'm not an offensive line savant, but uh, their line is dreadful. It's putrid. They can't run the ball. No matter who's back there, Henderson, Williams, Akers, doesn't matter. Yep. Uh, And they lost, like, the one guy their offense goes through, Cup, he's gone. So, I mean, good luck. (laughs) <laughs> Alan Robinson. Did, did you buy any Rams futures for the Super Bowl at the beginning of the season? Hopefully, no. No, I, I did. I did not. Um, no, I, I was talking about this last night with somebody else, and like the most disappointing teams in the league, and we we're trying to decide if it was the Rams or the Broncos. I don't know. It's close. Well, as far as expectations go, I think it's an easy answer. the The Rams were already Super Bowl winners, so it's really you, even if you expect that, it's not a differential. the The Broncos expected a huge leap forward and then fell way behind where they actually were. So I feel like that's the larger disparity. What do you have? Do you have an official take here? Over, I guess, is what I heard. Thirty eight and a half over thirty and a half. That, that that's your take. Um. Nah, I think oh. the Rams suck, and I'm going to take Saints minus two and a half. I'm going to buy that extra half a point. So wait, do you um, for the show? Are, are you ad libbing some of these, or because it sounded like you just do like pull like a switcheroo? I thought I was hearing over. You're trying to talk yourself into it. What just happened there? Here's what it, here's what I don't like. I wanted to bring up that we have massive amounts of money to this under, and I just don't agree with it because it's a don't. So yeah. I don't want to get caught in this trap. My play is just to take the home favorite minus two and a half before we hit the field goal marker. And when they win by a field goal, we can all go home with money. Yeah. Well, you got get the late juice, like minus 120. What's the line on two and a half? Let's see. It's probably going to be minus 130 now. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if you can get it at minus 110, two and a half, that's beautiful. But I don't know if you can get that. No, and if it's past minus 125, I'll just take the push. So Dalton's better than Winston? <laughs> Winston's got more upside. It's right? the same thing. So does Dak. But look at Dallas. You know, you have that upside, but that upside comes at a cost. Yeah. Your defense seems to be more susceptible when your offense has a potential to put up yards versus just being efficient and scoring on drives and eating clock. I'm getting a flashback, though. I said Andy Dalton's the safe quarterback. If you're two pick sixes a couple weeks ago, just <laughs> put a game away. Um, all right. Bears and Falcons. Another game in a dome. Um, big total, actually. 49 and a half. Bears, Falcons, and Falcons getting the standard three points. Uh, they have to, they're saying these are the same teams, right? Bears, Falcons. Uh, you got to lay the three if you like Atlanta. 49 and a half. It seems like a big number for these two teams, but you know, their defenses aren't great. Well, the Falcons have been an over machine. They score 25, they give up 25. (laughs) So it's, but they've also had a couple of down weeks, I believe. So I think we've gotten smacked on that recently. Um, Man, I don't want to bet on this game. Where are you at? I, I'm concerned. I think that number just seems a little bit too high. This is another one, by the way, where we can see a total of like 37 passes in this game. Maybe I'm rounding up. We can see 30 passes in this game. And this game is done in like two and a half hours. Uh, Cardi's got it for 123.2 plays because, you know, both these teams want to run the ball. They want to kill that clock, right? 
Well, after you watch Mariota throw 15 targets to Kyle Pitts and he only catches one per game, yeah, you might as well stop throwing it. Have you, not all targets are created equal. Have you seen the targets he's getting? <laughs> They're uncatchable. It's not his fault. <laughs> uh, but it's bad when you just game log watch and you go through and you're like, wow, targets and catches are brutal for this fella. There's a reason why Mariota, you know, never really found a, a comfortable starting gig. And, you know, yeah. just as long as Atlanta gets knocked out of playoff contention, which they're still in playoff contention because that, uh, what is it, the NFC South is completely putrid. Um, they're they're going to replace him, I think, with the, the quarterback of the future, theoretically. All right. I hate this game. Are we betting it or moving on? Well, can you just pass? Can you abstain? Uh, if I had to take a lean, I'm just going to take the Bears plus three. We'll this, take is the, your, this is your show. I don't. We'll, I'm not. We'll, we'll take the fields the upside, and you know, Mariota's a sustained stain on the league. He's just not good. Uh, fields <laughs> could at least get better. The Bears have the better defense. The Bears have the lesser offense, potentially as far as like average points scored. But you know, I just don't like this game. And you know, like you said, Vegas kind of sees this as fifty-fifty. But I'll just take uh, I'll take the Bears side on this one if I have to pick something. We'll get to a game that you're. You, these are two teams that you're gonna. You want. You're gonna want to play them both. You love these teams too much. Uh, Raiders at the Broncos. Uh, Broncos minus two and a half, 41 and a half as far as the total. The aforementioned Broncos super disappointing. Raiders right there behind a two and seven. You got Derek Carr. Um, uh, is it Derek Carr or David Carr? Did I, did I, did I give his brothers? Now I'm not sure which one is it. It's, it's, it's David. Derek. Carr. No, wait, David? Okay. Yeah, David. David was the Houston quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I get him. I get those confused sometimes. Crying in the uh, the post the post game copy. How much passion he's showing. He cares. He's he's tired of losing. Um, we got a coach speak by the way. No, not coach speak. We got owner speak on behalf of uh the the coach there for for the Raiders, which means he's maybe one more loss away from getting fired. This is a loser leave towns. Whoever loses this game, get rid of the get rid of the uh, the, the coach. That's it. If you don't win this game, it's out. It's over. But uh, you tell me, uh, this is a game you probably don't want either side. I imagine I was joking about these yeah. being appealing teams. <laughs> you maybe have hit all of the nails on the head, except for the uh, who's getting fired after this game. Apparently, the Raiders can't afford to fire McDaniel's either way. They don't which have is money? an amazing report. It has come out in the last twenty-four hours that he will be the coach through next season because they can't afford to buy him out of his contract, which I think is probably half BS. I mean, come on, really? They have the money, but do you know how big his contract is? Oh, is it massive? I, di- I didn't look at that. 10 years, $100 million in 2018. Is that right? Okay, so it's just financially stupid to buy him out, and you'd rather take a losing year and get draft picks. Makes sense. Yeah, but do you want him picking the draft picks? Or is I, guess, I don't know if he's a. Can't you ground him from that? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, let me ask you this. Would you rather have that contract or would you rather have Russ for 10 years, 250 million? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> this is imagine Russ in 10 years. <laughs> Whatever is it 10 years from now? Insane. I'm troubling imagining Russ in two years. Let, let's finish this game. We'll derail at the end. Yeah. All right. Raiders Broncos is the toilet bowl of this season. Um, due to the fact that whoever loses the game is gonna get fired, I don't like this game. Uh, normally I'm just hammering the under for the Broncos every single week. Um, they don't score. Their defense is really good. They don't give up points. <sighs> they actually struggle to get into the red zone. So a lot of the game dies between like the twenties, but I feel like desperation is upon us. These numbers are going to keep getting hammered to the under this number is going to come down. 
And all it's going to take is a fake punt, an onside kick, something <laughs> crazy this week. Everything's on the table. Lay it all out there. So when you've got this much desperation and, and teams that are just so bad, it, it's it's something's bound to happen. This is just a bad luck game. Something's going to go the other way. Everybody oh, feels like it's free money. I don't, I don't want to do it. So if I was going to do anything, I would go easy and just wait. And maybe this under just keeps getting nailed down into the mid-30s again, and I can grab a 37 like there was last week or something and try and come back on the over. By the way, I lied. Uh, Russ, five years, 242. I don't know why I made it 10 years, but like 242 for five years, that's a – yeah, that's that's a bad contract. I'm not sure which, which is the worst contract. It's a good conversation to have. Hey, uh, let's move on. Let's talk about the Cowboys. This is actually a really good game. Cowboys, Vikings, Vikings after that completely insane victory last week against Buffalo, potentially game of game of the year. I was a little surprised to see him come in as a, a home dog, getting one and a half. I know there's respect after for Dallas, and I know Dallas is a national team. You know, their defense is well-respected as well. But Minnesota at home in the Dome getting a point and a half, uh, 47 and a half as far as the total. Where do you see it? This is disrespectful to the Minnesota Vikings. And it I is, could, right? I could be wrong, but I've talked to several people about this already today. And, and you're now like the fourth one that thinks this is just crazy. Um, is America's darling just America's darling? Is that do people's dollars follow the way the media per, per kind of presents them? So is all the money coming in on Dallas for no reason? It doesn't look it doesn't look like it because now we're going to start flopping as as I see that sharp money isn't. What, why is sharp money on Dallas and then the lines going the other way? So that's a big flag right there. I don't know what's happening here. I feel like Minnesota is the better team. They're at home. Um, Dallas couldn't even put away Green Bay last week. And I, I brought this up earlier in the show. I feel like that team manages their offense and the time and the game management better with Cooper Rush than they do with Dak. Um, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Minnesota's money line here. It's plus one ten right now. There's no reason to really take them minus one. So I'm just gonna go jump right to the plus one ten money line. And, and go from there. Yeah, I like it. And I'm not somebody that's, I don't think Minnesota's like the greatest eight and one team of all time, but like they're a respectful team. And like they hung with Buffalo last week and the elements, and now they're back home in the dome. They're well rounded. Yeah, they're they're a solid team. I, I I don't get, I know it's a little bit later for Kirk Cousins. You know, the later it gets, the more he's a, he gets, he gets worse throughout the day, right? He's really hideous at night. This is a 425. Keep, keep him out of prime time and we're good. <laughs> I think he wakes up really early. He's not good with like bedtimes or whatever. I, I'm not really sure the reason why he's so bad at night, but I I don't understand. When I first saw that line, it just you know, it's just I didn't get it. Um, I still don't get it, and it, it it is moving towards the Vikings even with all the money on Dallas. So I don't think uh, Vegas is understanding it either. They're trying to back out of that line. And you might be able to get if Zeke comes back. That makes Dallas even worse. You know, there's a chance he comes back to play this week. I think he does play this week. They had him. Uh, they had him listed as props last week, so I think he was close to playing. Yeah, I mean, he's distinctly worse. I mean, like running backs don't matter, whatever, whatever. But he's distinctly worse than Pollard. I think it's pretty well established, especially in the year twenty twenty two. Like, he, they're going to waste all of Pollard's years. Yeah, maybe they don't want him to be too good because they don't want to pay him. Like, maybe that's the that they're playing the long game. I don't really know what's going on there, but yeah. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about the Bengals and the Steelers. Uh, Bengals are three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in Pittsburgh, 40-and-a-half as far as the total in their division rivals. You got a strong lean here? 
Pittsburgh plus the points at home. TJ's back. With confidence. <laughs> I like the Pittsburgh defense. Tomlin knows how to manage. This team kind of reminds me of Tomlin when he had Ben Roethlisberger in his rookie year. Okay. You didn't do a lot offensively. You, you relied on your defense and you won your games at home. Um, they may not win this game. I did have them on a money line last week. They definitely put the Saints to bed. Um, I mean, I'm just going to take the Steelers with the with the points at home. Do you disagree with that at all? I don't have a good take on this one. I, I really don't. But like you know, division rivals like Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh's going to show up. They're going to give it their best. The old college try. They're just not that good, right? Yeah. They're going to you're going to get the best game from Pittsburgh if that you know. Um, that's the, you know that's the best you can get. You pickets, obviously a work in progress, learning on the job. He, mm-hmm. he flashes, he has moments. You see it, and then you see, oh wait, this guy is still really raw. Yep. Uh, shout out to Tom, by the way. Just I was thinking about this before, like retroactively, how well we we didn't know Antonio Brown was Antonio Brown until many many years later. Like he, did, I don't know if like if that's something that happened late in his career, or like a personality shift, or like Tomlin somehow kept him in in line. You know, just. A random thought I had. It's just because I, I'll, I have an idea here. I mean, like, uh, let's compare Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell because they were on the same team with somewhat of the same egos. Now, Antonio ended up working out when he moved on from the Steelers, and, and Le'Veon just sort of played all of his cards into a, a mess and, and didn't end up having another job ever. Didn't uh, he why, box? I think he went on the boxing. Well, so why would you try and leverage everything when you're already 28? I mean, he did, that was uh, too late in the career for a running back to try and pull that maneuver. Um, I think Antonio, just a lot of stuff goes to your head. You lose, you lose some of the, uh, the modest, humble feeling that you had in you, and that kind of maybe takes away from some of your grind and desire to strive forward and be better than everybody else. The chip on the shoulder is something to be spoken for, for sure. And you lose a little bit of that, and then he just becomes arrogant. So, man, it is what it is. Did you see that text message he released that Tom Brady sent him by, by chance or no? No. Which which one was that? It's pretty interesting. I, I don't want to derail the show completely, but that's, you know, what uh, Brown put out a text message that Brady sent him. Essentially, essentially, Brady, in like a really polite way, was saying, like, look, what you're doing now is like selfish and like you're, you're kind of screwing up. And, you know, I don't really know what's going on, essentially. Like Brady, in a polite way, was basically telling him, you know, let, let's let's get back on track, essentially. Yeah, stop throwing me under the bus on uh, social media. And it's weird, like, Antonio Brown is the one who put it out there. Like, I don't remember the context of why he did it. This just happened a couple of days ago. I saw it, like, not through his way, but through somebody else, you know, they were yeah. repackaging it. Can't say it, that whatever. I follow just, Antonio. Yeah, I don't follow Antonio. Yeah, he was hanging out in the pool in, like, Dubai. I don't know if you saw those pictures, but, uh, well, let's get back on track. Um, Chief right. Chargers. Chief yeah. Chargers. <laughs> Chiefs Chargers, big boy total in this game, 51 and a half, big number. Should be a fun game to watch. Chargers at home getting five and a half. They're like in every game, right? So like <laughs> you're supposed to take the points here, aren't you? No. No? No. Aren't the Chargers in like every single game? They lose every game by six or five or four. Yeah. Or win. I just feel like this is not that weak. Okay. I also I've been betting under Kansas City for the last couple of weeks and it's been working out, but I also feel like that's a ticking time bomb. Uh, they're due for an offensive explosion again at some point. Um, the Chargers are not necessarily great on defense. This game could be a little bit of a shootout, and you see that the over/under maybe leans towards that. We're getting a lot of money on the under, sharp money to the under. The lines moving 
over. We opened at 50. We're now at 51 and a half. So it looks like Vegas is kind of feeling how I'm feeling. If we're going to have that high of a total and this is going to be a high scoring game, I really like the Chiefs minus five and a half before you cross over the six. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen both have a chance to come back this game for what it's worth. Like they, I, I figured that was the case based on these numbers. They, you know, their absence has been sorely has been missed. Obviously, you know, Josh Palmer has done his best, but like he's not a number one receiver. Michael Bandy's out there running routes, you know, consistently. Uh, significant downgrade. Herbert earlier in the year had that what he had the rib deal. Uh, I assume he's healed up from that. You know, it, 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 divisional game. I like the Chargers side. You know, if we're ever if we're gonna disagree, I, and oh. the Chiefs like struggled against Tennessee and. Hold you know. on. Should I note down a side bet over here? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm happy side to do a side bet, bet with Dean. All right. Let's, let's do it. Let's battle. Yeah. Myself and uh, when when I, when I jump on the the show with Grant, you know, Grant show, uh, we always do like a movie bet. But I'm happy to make another wager with you. I, I think I like the Chargers, which is famous last words. You're never supposed to like the Chargers, but fantastic. I'll text you after the show. Yeah. There you go. Um, all right. 49ers, Cardinals, Monday night. Niners are eight and a half point favorites here. Uh, 43 and a half as far as the total. Uh, Kyler Murray, we're not really sure if he's going to play. You, you, do you have a Call of Duty joke? Everybody's got a Call of Duty joke. Do you happen to have one? <laughs> I mean, I think it's played out at this point. Yeah, I think it's it's over. Like the, yeah, you, you missed the window. The window is closed. I mean, do I think it's actually relevant? Absolutely not. Is it totally <laughs> coincidental that the kid's like 3-27 and 27 on Call of Duty weekends? I don't know. It's got to be. Right, but like every twenty-five year old, I pray that it's coincidental. Because if seriously, if you can't like go to sleep and prepare for an NFL QB job because you're playing Call of Duty all night, then there's a serious issue. I hear it's a lot of fun. To be fair, (laughs) (laughs) devil's advocate here. Uh, Yeah, San Fran and Arizona, eight and a half. It's a lot of points to lay on the road. That's a big number, but you know this Arizona offense. But they also kicked uh, Eno Benjamin off the team, which was a little strange. Not that he was a vital player, but it was just weird. That, I don't. It feels like there should be more to that. But he got kicked off the team this week. Um, Connor just ran the show. He like got basically all the usage there in the backfield. Um, yeah, and Sam Fran strangely trades for CMC and like doesn't use him a ton. Like, hey, they're, you, they're afraid he's going to get hurt. They're playing long game. Is that what's going on there? Like they're, yeah, maybe, they're going to make the playoffs, and they're not going to use him until they need to. I think their strategy. Do you know how long he's contracted with them? I can find it in a second. I don't know. I, I think it's just next year. Okay. So I mean, honestly, in my opinion, Christian's getting old. Running backs don't last forever. Yeah. This guy's got some left in the tank, and you want to use it when you need it. And I think they're afraid of getting him hurt. And let's face it, he's not the best up the middle runner. So if you're going to swap up carries and let him bounce to the outside and catch the screen and then let someone else beat up the body up the middle, I think it's a good call. Four years, $64 million, uh, He's got He's a restricted free agent, unrestricted free agent in 2026. So still three more years in San Fran. Pretty good. I mean, I guess considered running back, you know, almost all more over. I hate saying the overpaid because it's obviously a brutal job, but the I mean, fact is they're so replaceable. And that's, you know, that's, that's important. And and I doubt his production maintains with the years on that contract. It's just what it is. He's yeah. only got a year or two of good years left. And if you wanted to workhorse them, but they already see that, which is why I think they're mitigating the workload. So it makes sense to me. 
Yeah, I, I, I get it. I know that the fantasy guys are upset about it. And like, that's not, you don't care about the oh, fantasy guys. Absolutely. Well, no, no, I do the fantasy too. And that would make a lot of sense. I mean, why would you, you, you kind of zapped him when you traded for him and then decided you were going to split some carries and divvy up his workload. Let's get back to the game. So the 49ers have a great roster. Um, I understand that they should be a favorite. Uh, I don't know that I want to dabble with this plus eight sort of territory. And Arizona is a team that I don't like to bet with. You know, as you start to get into week 11, you have a comfort zone and Arizona is not that team. Is it crazy to say that Arizona, I don't want to say better, they might be better with Colt McCoy right now? Like, if you watch that game against the Rams, the little that I saw of it, but what I saw, three steps, boom, out. Three steps, boom, out. Like, he just gets rid of the ball. And, like, of course, Kyler's, like, more talented and, like, better, you know, going forward. But, like, you know, he'll scramble around, and a lot of times disaster happens. Great stuff happens, too. But he's, like, safer, I guess, is sort of what I'm getting at. And if you're getting eight and a half, maybe you want the safer quarterback? Maybe it's just a stupid thought. I don't know. But, um, like, of course, I know Kyler's better. Uh, but I'm just wondering. I like, what, it, I like where you're coming from, though. If Cole McCoy plays, I think the eight and a half would actually be better. That's what, probably, that's what I'm saying. They'll play it safer. They'll probably eat more clock. They won't take as many chances. They won't just let him chuck to Hopkins 60 yards whenever he feels like it, um, which could go either way. So you're right. I think that would slow the game down, bring it towards the underside, and then hopefully keep that spread. I don't like this game. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's a competent backup. He's not like just some inept guy. Like he's been in the league for a while and, you know, uh, you know, he's one of the better backups in the league, which is, you know, I guess a kind of flattering thing to say about somebody not good enough to be an everyday starter, obviously, but you had, um, you, who's your favorite amongst this group? Did you have anybody you, you, besides the Buffalo thing, because that's already closed. The window's already closed. Much like the, the call of duty jokes, the, the window on the over for Buffalo at 42 and a half, I think it's closed. Boy, that's unfair. You take away that low-hanging fruit like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, if you want to, you know what? I'll leave it up to you. But let's see what kind of a man you are. You, you want to take it, you feel free to take it. <laughs> Favorite bet on the board that we threw out there? It's one of those weeks where... I really like to find the most inefficient number, and, and that that over in Buffalo definitely was that. Yeah. Um, hey, how about we just transition right into props then? Because my second favorite pick is going to be a prop. All right, player props. What do you got for me? All right. So if we go to some passing yards here and we just look at the projections that we're getting out from scores and odds, I just wanted to bring up that if you blindly come in here and start sorting this stuff and you take – I mean, geez – Anything that's got a massive differential, 20%. We're looking at 225 projected passing yards for Lamar. It's 181 at Caesars, which is definitely broken. I actually bet this at 184 and a half before the show. Lamar's also going up against Carolina, which gives up the most passing points DFS-wise. That's what I was using for a discrepancy here. I didn't actually look at like points, touchdowns, and things like that. But they're giving up the yards. They're giving up the fantasy points. That's good enough for me. Lamar's going to be chucking. He's got Duvernay. He's got Jackson. And he's got what well, Bateman was out. So who's the last one there? Um, Demarcus Robinson. I believe Andrews will come back. Andrews will take some targets over the middle. But we're going to get a couple shots down the sideline. There's no way that Lamar doesn't crack 200 yards this week. That's one of my favorites right there. Yeah, we can stay in that same game. 
This one's not quite as much of a favorite, but we got Dante Foreman. I got this at 49 and a half before the show. It's only been about an hour. It's already moved up a yard. Uh, he's been cracking 15 to 20 carries a week, about 100 yards. There's been two games where he didn't necessarily succeed. But like I said before, if you just want to track the SAO prop model, I think it hits at 58%. Its ROI is fantastic. This is kind of the same thing. Just take the biggest differentials on the board. Go ahead and bet those numbers early, and you will definitely win money. You got uh, anything else to say before you step aside and get out of here and uh, put the week 11 in the books for the show? That's all I got, Dean. Hey, I, we gave enough. We, we really did. We gave too much, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do. People need to watch. Come with some money. Follow Ryan at DudeManPod, D-U-D-E-M-A-N-P-A-A. Wait, did I, did I put two A's in there? P-A. He did put a double A in there, but then. I do man pa. <laughs> I don't know why I was doing that. I can't find I, I see P-A. Um, all right. And, and myself, you want to follow me? DFS underscore Almanac. That was Behind the Lines, week 11 here at Scores and Odds. Go win some money. We'll be back for week 12. Good luck. We're out of here. Later. Holler.